John LeBon here on April 12, 2018. This is JLB Chats episode number five. And today I bring to you a call that took place yesterday on April 11, 2018 at fakeologist.com, primarily involving myself and Dave J, who is well known in the YouTube so-called truth scene for his often controversial opinions, many of which we discuss in this chat. And also Crazy Rollo, as he likes to be known, a resident lunatic at fakeologist.com, but a lovable lunatic when he's not too drunk. And in this particular call, I don't think he was uh, too drunk, certainly not by his standards. And then we were also joined by a couple of other people as well. So topics included the nature of the thing in the sky that we call the moon, which many people seem to believe is a place where you could go and uh, walk around or drive a dune buggy or play golf or jump around like a clown, all these kinds of things. Well, we discuss that. We discuss, is the moon really a uh, solid physical object? We also discuss Dave's highly controversial opinion that the same actor who plays former Australian Prime Minister Tony Abbott also plays former United Kingdom Prime Minister Tony Blair. Yes, Dave J believes that the same man, the same physical person, the same uh, human, if we can use that term, plays both uh, Tony Abbott and Tony Blair. Very controversial opinion. I can't say that I personally subscribe to that theory, but we do discuss that to some extent as well. We discuss some of the recent dramas that have been taking place at fakeologist.com where there has been an exodus of late. Would you believe this? Yes, there's been yet another drama in the so-called truth realm. And this time it does seem, I don't want to say serious, but this one's a little bit more full on because a person who is or was highly respected by certain people in a certain enclave of the internet, has come out and said that an event at the baby hoax level is real. He says it's a real event. In fact, he brought the event to the attention of the fakeologist crowd, who very quickly said, hold on a second, this story has 33s, the color orange, weird names, a whole bunch of apparent contradictions and strange photos. This is a fake story. What are you doing here? And, uh, well, it was... Quite an interesting little thing that's been taking place at Fake Colleges for the last couple of weeks. So to some extent, we do discuss that, plus myriad other things. So I think you are going to enjoy this call. Once again, you will be listening to Crazy Roller, as he likes to be called. Dave J, who many people do think is crazy, but just give him a chance and he might be able to win you over. You'll also hear from Frank the Soul Guy and from another fellow, a more recent fakeologist, who goes by the name Exoteric64. So, lots to discuss. We'll jump into the call right now. There are a few technical issues towards the end of the call. Shouldn't be too noticeable, but other than that, it should be nice and crystal clear. And I hope you enjoy what is to follow. I'll see you at the end of the call. Dave, is my uh, audio coming through okay? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, man, I was just listening to you and uh, Rollo while I was eating my dinner. That was a good conversation, you know, when... Cool. Uh, when Rollo's not focusing on your opinions on uh, Tony A and Tony B, and when you're not 
accusing people of crazy murderers. Crazy John Levon. Hey, how you doing, Crazy John Levon? Hey, it's, it's good to be here. It's good to be here. And Rollo, I was yeah. just telling Dave that yeah, go for it. When, when you two are just having a genuine conversation, it's enjoyable to listen to. It is. Mm-hmm. And just listening to like you guys reminiscing about the TransAsia event, that's, uh, that's good radio, you know. So I was just enjoying my dinner, just listening to that, and Dave was talking about uh, Max Malone and how him and Jeff, <laughs> Jeffrey, as I like to call him, exposed themselves. Those were uh, those were fun times, uh, Roller. And then when you oh, came to yeah. my show and we had Jeffrey, because Jeffrey was listening to my show, so he wanted to come on the show, and then you wanted to come on the show to talk to Jeffrey. And, and uh, I had to uh, wait for 50 minutes. 50 yeah. minutes. No, they were good times, man. Yeah, good they times. were good times. Yeah, they were good times. And look, they're good times right now. So, look, I'm, now that you're here to moderate, Dave J, you're a clown. You're a joke. Tony Abbott. No, don't be. Don't be You're a spiritual right. murderer. No, no, no. no, come on now. Come on now. Uh, <laughs> your sense of humour sometimes doesn't uh, doesn't come across to people. Oh, satire doesn't work anymore. Satire doesn't work anymore. Well, not when you're posting photos to the Discord chat of you dressed up as uh, as a clown. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that was my friend Joe that made me up look like that. The other day, it was, it's only a few days ago, and she's going to look after my dog while I'm in Vanuatu. But Dave Jay, Jay, Jay is future. not a keyboard warrior. I'll give you that. I'll tell you who. No, I'm listen. I'm listen. I'll, give me one sec. Harry Harry Yell is a, a sponsor of this site, and I want to say Harry Yell, get on the Discord right now and give it to me both barrels. I want to hear what Harry Yell's. You know, just the same as that. What was that woman? What was her name? Um, Miss Ali. She commented and she said, Rollo, you've got nothing to offer. Nothing. You know, it's, it's, it's just that sort of bullshit. When I, I do a whole bunch of stuff here and I feel unappreciated sometimes when I interview, say, Jesse Waugh, you know, when I interviewed that guy or uh, interviewed, or I was on with um, our lovely um, Chris Kendall today and uh, there was a lovely conversation again. John LeBon, I think you would uh, admit, uh, was wonderful about this Canada uh, T-bone thing where they've got all these kids being killed, you know, they're all trying to mm-hmm. tug their heartstrings, uh, you know. Anyway. All right, well, I'm, I'm looking forward to chatting with Dave Trevor. Let me just respond to a couple of all things right. there. Firstly, Harry L has put his voice out there before. He's been in a Discord uh, chat before. He's been on a Fakeologist audio chat. And when I was in Melbourne a couple of weeks ago, I actually met him. I met him in Melbourne, and uh, he's a lovely fellow. And I don't think you should take anything he says about you personally. I think he is just one of those people who's out there who, uh, like many people, Rollo, wishes that you would be more sober more often because sober Rollo can do good radio, whereas drunk Rollo is uh, a waste of everyone's time. As for Miss Ali, listen, I agree with you. If she wants to sit there and criticise uh, you or anyone else, she should at least put her voice to the airwaves. I wish that she would. I think she's got some interesting things to say. So I think if she wants to sit there on the sidelines and throw peanuts, she does have to jump on the stage at least once, is my opinion. And that's how I feel about everyone. And uh, what else did you say? Something else? Oh, you're being underappreciated. Rollo, people, there's lots of people out there who like you and who like uh, Radio Rollo. So don't give us this uh, underappreciated thing. As you know, you put your voice out there and people will attack you. That's just uh, how the that's how the game works. The Hoaxbusters call, I haven't heard that latest Hoaxbusters call with you, but I'll probably listen to that later on tonight when I go for my... Daily walk, so I'm looking forward to hearing what they have to say about Canada. And um, yeah, I hope I've 
Yeah, you do it. You'll, you'll, it, it, it's great. And, and look, uh, I don't want to bring up uh, too much. Uh, there's some there's some issues that are mentioned in there um, because we are real people. John LeBon, I know you're a real person. Look, don't get me wrong. Those days when you were um, doing this, I look forward to every Sunday with you, Ethan, and uh, Lindsay doing the Sunday show. Don't get that was like the highlight of my week, and I must have a sad life because I really did look forward to those every Sunday. So uh, you know that's why I've always liked you from the get go. I know you're an argumentative son of a, son of a bitch. You know what I mean? You you do it. You're just good at it. But uh, there you go. Um, but I, see, here's the thing. Let me tell you, I don't see myself as argumentative because I'm not looking for arguments. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if I suppose Dave, Jay, and I can organise a time in the next week or so to have an interview, mm-hmm. I don't think there'll be an argument at all. I'm more interested in hearing what Dave has to say. Like what right. what led him to his current opinions? Where does yeah. he think he has got things right? Where has he got things wrong and corrected them? Like I'm more here to hear what people have to say. I'm not really looking for arguments. But for some reason, Rollo, people seem to seek me out to want to argue mm. with me. It's like they, uh, mm. I, I don't know, I don't know. It's almost like they see me as like mm. the, I don't know, like the, the big dog or something. They want to come and have a go at the big dog because it makes them the big dog. And it's like, mm. I'm just a guy. You know You're what I mean? You're just a guy. Just some guy. And, yeah. and yeah. when are these people going to learn from each other's mistakes? No one has come out swinging against me and looks mm. better for it half an hour later. Nobody. Nobody. Okay? Well, I, I, saw Nobody. You in that, I saw you in that video. You obviously... You do you you must do weights because you got some arms on you, it, with you and Gino, right? You got well, some arms on you. I'm, I'm talking metaphorically rather than uh, literally. I don't. <laughs> well, I'm not telling you. Yeah, got a, Gino. Gino looks paper thin. You look like I wouldn't want to mess with you. <laughs> no, well, yeah, physically, you know. Oh, well, that's that's nice of you. Anyway, look, I'll let you and Dave. I'll, I won't get in the road. I'll let you and Dave have a chat. And uh, oh, look, I'll be here listening. Just invite me back when you want me. No, I was actually quite happy just listening to you two. I thought the conversation was good, especially all that uh, reminiscing about uh, oh, Asia. oh, that was three uh, years yeah. ago now. That was that was I'm pretty sure February. So long ago, so long ago. Yeah, it's February 2015. I'm pretty sure. So that's more than three years yeah. ago. I know and, there's and not a community. Yeah. Yes, Dave right. was telling us, and yeah. Rolly, you interrupted yeah. Dave when he was telling us about um, when he was in the Philippines and he gets contacted by the Daily Dot. They're like, oh, we're going to run a story. I remember that, Dave. I remember, I think you'd already left, but your videos were still up. And then all of a sudden, your John Bennett Ramsey, whatever the hell that person's name is, went viral. All of a sudden, started going viral. And get this, Dave. There were people trying to say, even though you'd left at this stage, that this was evidence that you were a paid show, right? Because yeah. one of your videos started going viral, there were people saying, well, there you go. That's more evidence that he's working for them. These are the these are the kinds of people that we're dealing with here, Dave. The the understanding I was speaking with Roller about the pit and people dragging you back into the pit. They they want you down in the mud with them. They want you in the pit with them. So then, as soon as somebody gets a, any leg up whatsoever and gets any airtime, even though the airtime was negative, it, it wasn't positive airtime. There's people saying, "Look at this idiot! <laughs> Look at this conspiracy theorist! You know what kind of wackiness does this person believe in?" So it was all that type of theme story. There wasn't there was no positiveness to. But even on the uh, the YouTube folks, the, the so-called uh, uh, people that look into hoaxes, they were also on the side uh, of saying that I was in that case. So it was it was almost universal. So it was quite a strange thing. 
And what's so interesting about that is it's still reverberating around uh, uh, within uh, – I guess I, I, I guess the term is popular culture or, or memes and whatnot, but it still gets uh, airtime. That understanding that John Bonet. Well, people seem to people seem to love the um the this person is that person thing. Like people like Dallas Goldbug, and uh, you know even when Russian vids used to push the Alex Jones is Bill Hicks thing, that seems to attract people a lot more than sort of standard media fakery analysis. I, I don't know why. I don't know why it is. So. Maybe when that's you look why into, you're, uh, I'm sorry. Sorry, you go. I was just going to say, when you when you look into a, a hoax story, you you have to take the time to to look at the details. You know, if you, if once you've understood and and you've you've brought life back to the story, meaning that you've dismissed all the the false witness of death and the spiritual murder, and that's very important to me. And let, and I'll explain why to you because I'm not sure anybody's ever asked me why it's important, but I'll explain to you after why it's important. But once you've then brought life back into it, meaning now it's just a bunch of words that people are putting out, and it's just a story that people are, be, are are telling and people are listening, now I can get into the details because there's no death involved. It's just let me show you this this story, this this um, this picture, and then once you look at it, you'll say, okay, yeah, this is nothing more than a stage play. A staged play, meaning that it's there for your eyes and your ears. And uh, but don't worry about the other side of it. Don't worry about the emotion or the death side of it, because that part of it is a lie. Now, do you want to know why it's important to me that you don't false witness death and murder? Well, I do know why. And here's the thing: you were saying this back in twenty, back in twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen. Back, do you remember the whole? You know, um, we'll do it live with Jeff C and all the little spin-off shows that sort of followed from that on Google Hangouts. I remember people were criticizing you for that then. They're like, how come you can call me a murderer just because I think this event is real? And I remember trying to explain to them. I might even have a video where I cut this section out and re-uploaded it, where I was like, I think what Dave J is saying is not that you have committed a physical murder, but what you have done is convince somebody that another human is dead. And we all know what it's like when someone uh, dies. It's a very upsetting thing for us. So when you, when you tell someone that someone is dead and they go through that grieving process, then in their mind, a spirit has died. And I tried to explain to them, that's what I think Dave J is saying. But they couldn't get their, their heads around the, um, the, the allegorical or the metaphorical nature of what you were saying. That all they could assess was the superficial element of the words that you were using. See, back then I didn't understand no. how stupid the average person is. So I was giving these guys a bit too much credit. And uh, yeah, most of those guys have disappeared since then. Anyway, it's funny what happened to that whole little hoax busting scene. They've uh, they've all scattered. So we, are we talking about ways. PK and PK and uh, Russian vids and are well, they PK and Russian vids were sort of at, at the top of the scene back then. But I'm Probably. talking more about the little Google Hangouts that was sort of um, yeah. like there was the main Google Hangouts. We'll do it live and uh, Max Resistance Roundtable. But there were all these smaller shows with smaller audiences with uh, sort of like your bit players at the time. But all of them were familiar with Dave J. Everyone knew the, the phrase, nobody died, nobody got hurt. So Dave J was always like a peripheral character who was known at the time. And, um, and yeah, they were, they were writing Dave J off for that reason and also because Dave J said that the moon is a light and they, they couldn't get their heads around this. And that's I was like... Yeah, that's what I say. And I'm like, hold on, guys. What, what do you actually know about the moon? Give, give me the evidence you've got about the moon. 
All you've got in terms of empirical evidence is the fact that you can see it, okay? That's all you've got. Even if you look at it through a telescope, all the telescope is doing is magnifying the light, okay? That's all. If you, if you get a telescope right now and you point it at the moon and you're looking through the eyepiece, all you are seeing is a magnification of the light at the tip of the telescope. People, people seem to imagine that when they look through a telescope, they're looking into the distance as though it sort of pushes their eye out cartoon mode. No, all the telescope does is take the light at the front of the telescope, magnify it. That is, all you are looking at is light. And I say to them, so this is the evidence that you've got about the moon. The only empirical evidence you've got is the light. Anything else? Of course, the answer is no. You can't smell it. You can't touch it. Okay? All you've got is the light. Most well, people can't well, get it. I'll give you something. I'll give you an example. of. Uh, do you think uh, the moon is flat or is it spherical? Well, that's like asking, is a rainbow flat or spherical? A rainbow no, no. is a rainbow. It's just no, light. No, no. Do you think the moon is flat or spherical? It's a simple question. Yes or no? Well, it's a light, Rollo. Right. Yeah. Well, and yeah. Let me uh, tell you something interesting about... Go, go, uh, go Dave. Go, Dave. Yeah. Because there's, there's all different aspects of, of, of research on, on the internet. And one side of it is the hoax-busting side, but the other side is the... the um, the earth sciences side or, or the, the, the makeup of the place that you call the earth. And I'd like to tell you two things about that. And this is through my experimentation and, and, you know, actual, you know, eyewitness. Uh, so I did some experiments on, on, uh, on ground level and the best definition, and this is what I'm sticking with is that the, um, old is, is built on a plane and um, you have sea level, sea level, and S-E-E level, meaning sea level, mm-hmm. that you can see and also sea level. And then the, you, have, you have depth and elevation or deviations from sea level called depth and elevation. That's it. Mm-hmm. Either go up or you, have, you go down, you have depth elevation from what's called sea level. So that that is that is uh, from all of your and and I've done experiments where I, I'd love to to tell you how to do them. You can go out and get your own results. However, I can can tell you what you'll you'll get because it's it's uh, it's been tested by not just me but other people. And then you'll get a result, and then you will have to then take that result and say, okay, what does that tell me about you know the, this place that I, I'm observing. So then that's what I start with. The the, the moon is a light. Uh, that was back in 2009 when I first started putting that stuff out, and I started taking pictures all of the the, the entire year of 2010. Every day that was clear enough, and it was actually almost every day. This was in California. I took photos of the sky uh, day and night uh, for an hour during the day, and then an hour in the evening. You know, after dark, I took pictures for an entire year straight because I wanted to have uh, evidence and actually have eyewitness to what the sky looks like, you know, every day of the, of, of what's uh, reported as a year. All right. So I, I did that. I took the time to do that. And then after I did that, I calculated, you know, uh, my observations and I came up with, with what I call my understandings and what my witnesses of this, this, this environment that we call, you know, 
earth is. Earth is nothing more than the dirt you stand on or the ground you stand on. It doesn't, you know, I understand when, when people say earth now, they have this whole cartoon image that jumps into their head, depending on how much schooling they have, mm-hmm. how much, you know. So, anyways, I wanted to, to let you kind of know about about that well, aspect cool. of it. That's cool. That's cool. But That's cool. One of the pictures I took in 2012, I believe it was June 12th of uh, 2012, was I took a picture of a so-called star, which is nothing more than a, a point of light, through, through the translucent um, moonlight, all right? And then that picture I put up uh, on that date. And then that picture has since been taken by people like Eric Dubay and a, mm. a few other people that are in that scene. Mm-hmm. And they've they've used it without crediting the source, which is which is fine. They don't have to. However, they they've taken work, and that's another thing. I don't like work thieves. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've taken work that's not theirs and then used it to make a point. I really that work thieves. I'm not I'm not down with work thieves. Yeah, work thieves. All right. Look, we've got we've got ounce of salt, which is Frank Frank, and we've got John Lebon here, and uh, I'd. I'd rather switch the conversation to Dallas Goldbuggery and you, Dave J. You know, with different people are different people. If John LeBong can you know, uh, come back, yeah, I only have because, a few on that, and I've already we've already talked about the few that I have. No, 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 no. I have nothing to do with that other guy. He's he's been nothing but a pain in my butt. Um, who, yeah. who, Dallas Goldberg, uh, Ed Trump. That guy. If you don't know the guy's a troll, then then we got a problem. That guy is is no good. Yeah. That guy's an obvious troll. What happened was when he, is, he is, first is started Frank putting a troll, is Frank a troll in your mind? Do you know who Frank is? He's, he's okay. down from Melbourne. Frank, are you there, Frank? I've got a picture of a troll. You've got a picture of a troll, have you, Frank? Well, this is Dave J. If you haven't met before, Dave J, Frank, Frank, Dave J. Um, we have to talk Yeah, do you guys want to have a chat about um, Dallas Goldberg? Uh, uh, Frank is a big promoter of Dallas Goldberg, and you're saying, Dave, that he's a troll. So yeah, they, you, you guys have a chat about that. Have, what do you reckon? It's just I have a personal history with the guy. He mm. he was putting up information. This would have been back in 2010 or 11, a long time ago. He was putting up information which I knew was not correct. And so I, just, I thought he would just have made a mistake, so I put up um, the actual – correction to it the actual person he was looking for the name and it turns out that he um uh, he banned me from his his little page and then he started putting out um videos about me claiming that i was everybody from mark zuckerberg he claimed i was mark zuckerberg he claimed oh, yeah. a, so this was on wellaware1.com yeah yeah he's he's yeah. He's called me no less than, I think, nine or ten different characters. He called me Mark Zuckerberg. He called me uh, um, mm-hmm. a famous skateboarder. I forget the guy's name. He called me a BMX. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, I know the guy. I had all this stuff on my And, and he I, called you a guy working for the Huffington Post at one stage. Sure did. He called me that guy as well. Uh, but I just found it. I, I and And what was so strange about him was that he never – was um, he had this um, that he he kept promising to put out. He may have put it out by now, or I'm not sure. But he, it was it was mm-hmm. a money scam. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what he was doing was he was um, he was claiming that he had been working on the JFK. Um, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, JFK being uh, Jimmy Carter. Jimmy 
No, no, this is this goes back to the so-called assassination. And I oh, said, okay. man, I said, if you didn't know that that was a dummy the time that the little pumpkin head went off, oh, if yeah. you didn't know that that was a dummy, not a real person, then you have no business investigating this so-called uh, or being being calling yourself a, a conspiracy investigator. Because oh, anybody yeah. who took just a few minutes to verify that video would have seen the splice several splices and then saw that it was a it was it was a, a spliced video and then they sure, would have sure. noticed we've, we've been through that a million times Dave. it's okay we've got uh frank frank your thoughts on dallas goldberg i mean come on you've got the, you've got the floor now come on well what do you I, reckon frank? i find all these guys curious in some way or other so dallas goldberg has a few of my favorite things like jfk is um is jimmy carter and Marilyn mm. Monroe plays um, plays the role of Jackie Kennedy and and Rosalind mm-hmm. um, Carter. I think that's fine. Yeah. And he also has my favourite one that we talked about many times that Julia Gillard and Jodie Foster are the same. Oh, the big one, yeah. <laughs> the same that's character. Yeah. But the thing I find fascinating about about um, Dallas Goldberg is he says that the flat Earth thing is. Totally fake. It's a it's a shill movement. Mm-hmm. So that puts him in the same camp as you, Rollo. Uh, me? Yeah, because uh, you it looks flat. Like, it looks flat to me, but I'm, look, I think um, no. the whole flat Earth thing is is a, a is is to get NASA off the hook. You've got you've got you've got NASA. You've got this Elon Musk guy with a bloody spinning Tesla in space. It, Flat Earth is just, you know, Patricia Steer and uh, Mark Sargent, absolutely. Yeah, all, all, those, all those basic Bible deniers. Yeah, yeah. Right. And even, even, even veganism, even veganism, which which pissed off, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, I spoke to him today, um, Chris Kendall. No end. <laughs> but he was trying to talk to young vegans, and they had no bloody, what do you call it? Uh, there's no logic to any of their arguments. And so... I felt you sorry. Can't, you, can't, you can't actually get logic out of people, Rollo. Let's say, for example, as I have with you. I've asked right. you 400,000 times, uh-huh. when, when do you ever apply a curve in your life? Okay. Right. Well, look, we've and, got John LeBon here. Maybe John LeBon can help John me out. John LeBon. John LeBon's exactly the same, the same thing. When I ask the simple question, John, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hey, Frank, good to talk with you, by the way. Isn't this an all-star cast? We've got Frank the Salt Guy from Geelong, Dave J from, I think, somewhere near California, Rollo yeah. from Newcastle, Australia, myself, yeah. John LeBond from Brisbane, an all-star cast. Look, Frank, what gets me is why you constantly focus on the shape of the earth of all topics. Okay, um, so let me explain that. Just give me a minute, just give me a Frank. I heard you well, call in and chat with uh, Jesse Wall. Just, just hear me out. You called in and Jesse Wall was being interviewed by Ab and you said the most lovely things about Jesse Wall, about how his new Coke stuff helped you to move on from fear of nuclear bombs and all these kinds of things. It was great. And yeah. then you start going on about the shape of the earth. And then Jesse okay. said, look, why are, are you, you mixing, why are you mixing nuclear fakery with the shape are of you the earth? The right? Well, first let me finish my question. So my we, question to you, and, and by the way, by the way. Simple question. Why am I I'm giving context? Well, I have to give the listeners context. No, Everybody no, listens no, to no, all of the calls. Stop. Just straight, simple questions. All right, my you question to you is: Why do you focus so much on the shape of the Earth? Why? Okay, are you ready for the answer? Yes. 
Okay, because the simple fact is that the Bible describes a very particular system of creation. Now, the Bible has come under the hammer constantly for being a fairy tale. Now, the problem is, if it turns out that the earth or the waters of the earth lie horizontal and flat, then fundamentally you're going to put the Bible ahead of Darwin and all of science. And so what that means is there's a creator, John, and that alters everything about the way you think and puts the Bible into a superior um, position from which to start looking for perceived wisdom. That's the end of my answer. Do you know what a non sequitur is, Frank? Uh, who cares? I'll just look it up in the dictionary. In the, do, you, do you think it means well, something to make any sense? A non sequitur, it, it, it's just a word to describe this idea where sometimes you can say things that don't actually lead to the conclusion. That is, the premises don't lead to the conclusion. So when I say to you, why do you always focus on the shape of the earth? If you say to me, well, because the Bible says that the earth is flat, and I think yeah. the earth is flat, that's not actually a reason to always focus on the shape of the earth, though. Doesn't it really lead that, to the conclusion that, that you then have to... That wasn't actually what I said, John. Let me repeat it again. I'll use different language. There are two models presented to us. One is evolution and the infinite cosmology with the, we're just a little speck, blah, 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 blah. The other one is that we are the pride of the creation of the creator on, on a planet built for us to be the, the guardians of. And then we fell from grace by eating the apple. Now, those two stories are quite different and result in quite different ways of thinking about the human experience. So it's not just a simple thing. It is the thing. The thing. Well, that's fair enough. Let me tell you. I want to so, change this. So now, in, in, I've answered my question fully and clearly. Now I'm going to ask you a question. I know what your question is going to be. When, when do I ever use curse in my day-to-day life? And I've already told you this before. I don't. Okay. And that's it. So why do you believe, second question, why do you believe the earth is curved then? Who told you that I do? You, what, do you, what shape do you believe the earth is, John? Well, let's just uh, reverse a little bit here. You're working on the assumption that I think that the earth is physically curved, but that's not my position. I don't think I've ever argued that position. What I do argue is that the best model for the empirical observations would be a spherical model, but the map is not the terrain, Frank. So even if the best map for Victoria is on a piece of paper, it doesn't mean that Victoria is a piece of paper. It's just a map. And so, so it is with the cosmology so if, you assume, model. If, if you assume that the Earth is flat in everything that you do, or should I say that water lies horizontally... But there's nowhere where the Earth is literally flat. It's curvy and hilly and all these kinds of things. Yeah, no, so. I agree with that. But, but, but you assume that the water lies horizontal and flat, when other lies left undisturbed. Well, isn't it, I've never seen water do that other than a bathtub. If you go to a sea or a bay, there's waves and all ups and downs. There's no flatness. Well, I don't think that's true, is it, John? I you think everybody's going some... a bit too cute by half, to be honest with you. Well, Dave, I'm glad you interjected, because what I really want your opinion on, and this is where I think that you are miles ahead of most so-called hoaxbusters, is that you are aware that war is a hoax. And I don't know if you listened back to the call that we had like a month or so ago, but you and I were talking about war being a hoax, and Gaia came into his little tantrum throwing toys out of the cot thing that he does. And then for the next hour or two, I had so-called fakeologists trying to tell me that I can't say that war is a hoax. And I'm like, hold on a second here, guys. 
He doesn't need to be fakeologist.com. Uh, Surely, if there's one place on the internet... war is a hoax just yet. Let's just remember... Well, well, Dave uh, is in America, man. Even in California, man, it's like midnight now. The guy can't stay all night. Yeah, all right, Dave, Dave. Yeah, yesterday, um, Gaia did a very good critique. He's been given the book by uh, Tycho Brahe, or uh, Tycho Brahe is what they're basing it on, Simon Schack's new book. So I think we should stick to, uh, rather than War is a Hoax, hoax I think we should stick to um, uh, uh, John LeBon. I'm sure you've got some points. Have you, have you got a copy of the PDF yet of um, Simon Schack's new book? I don't think you heard what we just said, Rollo. Dave J lives in America. It's like midnight. He has to go soon. So I'll oh, okay, okay. Okay. I'll let you guys go, Dave. Go, Dave. I, I was going to say I, I already told you about the Tycos model. I said I was told you earlier you can't polish a turd. So there's really nothing for me to add to that. Um, and as far yeah, as but the that's model, what Simon Shack's doing. He's he's making a new model. He's not polishing an old turd. He's uh, making I a new model. A, yeah, it's it's still ridiculous. All right, because the space as we know it, of course, is is, is a hoax, and yep. you don't travel to space. You just don't yep. do any of that stuff that they they mm-hmm. told you that they do. They do. So mm-hmm. so it, it's Simon, or is it Simon Shack? He's just okay. he's just a, another variation of the same thing. It's just a you know a revised version of the same BS. So no, I'm not. I wouldn't waste any time with that. Mm. Oh, anyways, so like like I was... Uh, you are well aware that Simon Shack did September <laughs> Clues, uh, September Clues, right? You are well aware of that? You're, you're only as good as your last football game, really. <laughs> what does one thing have to do with the other? <laughs> uh, well, that's a good point because I did question um, Jesse War about his new lives and him being on... Uh, in, uh, what, Lower Manhattan on 9-11, so yeah. So, good point. Uh, there is there's as good as your last football, football game. Thank you, Frank. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, uh, part I'm, of just saying, I'm just saying that there's a new book out, and Simon Shack is a contributor, and so is John LeBon, and so are a whole other bunch of people that are contributing to fakeologist.com. And, uh, yeah, good good on you, John LeBon especially, because... Um, we're about to move on to an interesting conversation. All right, all right, Frank all right. All right. What we're doing now is just obfuscating, obstructing, getting in the way. It's a great style. Is that just the commercial that we were subjected to? That's what it felt like, Dave. It felt like I was listening to a Simon Shack commercial. Right. So, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I was, actually, I could leave it in your uh, capable hands to speak with the, the war is a, is a hoax because a lot of people confuse... Um, uh, the understanding of hoax meaning that it's it's a trick or a, an illusion, um, it, as or as if it's you know it's not actually there. There is a lot going on there. However, it's best described as is controlled demolition and strategic relocation, meaning there are things being destroyed, but it's being destroyed in a controlled way in an environment. There's strategic relocation of people, troops, of uh, civilians, this, that, and the other, of town centers, of city city squares. Uh, You have to then create, through destruction, a peacetime dividend, meaning that you create the jobs you're going to fill during the peacetime with the destruction you caused during the so-called wartime, because those same men... And, and women, whatever, who you had employed during the wartime are going to need employment during the peacetime. Therefore, you create an economy on both sides of the coin. And guess what? You're making money on both sides of it as well. 
And I would make a, a further conjecture, Dave, is that the reason that it occurs is so that the, if you like, the magicians can then have an excuse for advancing some new technology that suddenly arrives, appears, right. and that was driven by war, you know, like jet aircraft and so on. As long as people understand there's not, there's not uh, armies of, of men faced off against each other, you know, shooting down their barrels and their gun sights at each other and dropping them like deer, you know, stop it. And there's also not V2 rockets. You know what got me oh, into yeah. understanding the war hoax was looking into these V2 rockets. Anyone can do this. Just Google image V2 rockets. They look like clown rockets. They're even painted like clown rockets. Like if you went so to a circus and there was a group of clowns on one side of the stage and a group of clowns on the other side and they had a rocket war, their rockets would look like V2 rockets, the way they're painted. They're painted like clown rockets, right? Oh. And then you start looking into the images of these rockets landing, and they're all a joke, an obvious joke. And then you think, hold on, these are supposedly fired by one side over the English Channel against the other side. So if these are hoaxes, and they are, that means that both sides were in on the hoax. Absolutely. Now, right. if you think through this logically, what does that tell you about the rest of the war? Just think about this logically. Many people want to believe, even if they can see that the V2s are a hoax, they want to think, oh, well... It couldn't have all been a hoax, so maybe maybe it was just the V2s that were a hoax. That doesn't make any sense, okay? That doesn't make any I sense. I actually have some modern-day modern day experience from my, my time in the Navy. Uh, they had a missile system called the Sea Sparrow, and I'm not sure if you've ever seen a bottle rocket, uh, like a, a, a toy bottle rocket, um, where they just kind of shoot down the street and they do kind of uh, – they go – every which way but loosen and to just die off. Anyways, um, I was out for a, a test of the Sea Sparrow missile, and they fired three of them right out the tube into the, uh, out of the launcher, right into the drink each time, one after another. And these things were, were claimed to that they were going to, you know, shoot off into the sky and knock down an airplane and blah, blah, blah. After the third time it went right into the drink, I told the guy I was standing with on the deck, I said, let's go get something to eat. We walked inside, didn't even watch the last two. I've never seen any of these systems actually work as advertised. They're all junk. They're all just um, fireworks, firecrackers. Dave, there's a film called Wag the Dog. I'm sure you've seen it. It stars an all-star cast. It's got Dustin Hoffman, Robert De Niro, Kirsten Dunst, William H. Macy, just to name a few. And in this film, you know what they do? They fake a war. And you know what the Robert De Niro character tells the one of the other characters? He says to him, we faked the missiles. You know that bunker-busting bomb? We faked that. I was in the TV studio and we faked that, right? This is within yeah. the film. You've got De Niro telling the Dustin Hoffman character, you know that bunker buster that you've seen? Like the camera on the front of the missile going into No, that's, that's fake. We faked it. We faked the whole thing. I was there when they did it, right? This is in a Hollywood film with an all-star cast. They're telling us, and people try and say, oh, it's predictive. No, it's not predictive programming. They're just telling you the truth. Right, but only those with eyes to see will understand. Yeah, yeah but the, the, the hard will never part understand. The is the hard part at the end is Dustin Hoffman's character gets murdered. You know, that is true. He, that is, well, we, yeah. we don't see him murdered. We, we see him get like, taken away. because yeah, he wanted to take, he wanted, the, he wanted the what do you call it, the recognition, and he got murdered at the end. That was the that's so that, that's the part that's that right? uh, the spiritual murderer you might call it. You know, he didn't get murdered though, right? I know you're trying to. No, be I don't now. think. So. I don't think. So. I haven't been murdered. John Lebon hasn't been murdered. He's been doing this for three years. Anyway, now, yeah. God knows. Yeah, how long Frank's been hoax busting or uh, what do we call it, fakeologizing? 
is there a word? Fake old justing or whatever, you know. Yeah, no one's here to fucking hurt us. Anyone who's here. Anyways, guys, I actually hit the sack, so it's been good on you, Dave. Dave, Dave, look, look. Even though, even though we do fight back and forth on the keyboard, you're actually very pleasant to talk to in real life. So uh, uh, you're a good man. Thank you. You're not. You you have murdered my spirit tonight. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Thanks, John. And I'm in a bad time. It's nice to talk to you again, Dave. Yeah. And me and Joe will be at the after party. Me and Joe will be at the after party. Why not? Well, just saying that uh, Dave, Joe, and I have to organise sometime soon to have a proper chat. So yeah, um, so I don't get in the room. Yeah, so I don't talk to the guy because I've got no reason to think that he's lying about um, his Mm -hmm. work in the Philippines. And he told the same story to Crow Triple Seven a couple of years ago in an interview that he did with Crow. And if people can find it, I recommend they go and listen to it. Basically, Dave, this was a couple of years ago, he just explains, look, you can work out that this is all hoaxes and media fakery. However, you've still got a life to lead. And, uh, and there's more to life than, than busting the hoaxes. And, and that's why he was taking a break at the time. And uh, I, I admire that. I respect that. I think that's a good attitude. Yeah, here we go. I'll, I'll, just throw the, I'll just throw that into the um, live stream chat for you, mate. Copy. Nice. All right, there we go. That's when was that? That was February twenty eighth, twenty fifteen. Yeah, there we go. There you go. Yeah, I think you had a couple of interviews with. Uh, there you go. There uh, you go. That's the one that you're talking about. I'm pretty sure. Well, it hasn't come up in the live stream. No, I put it in the live stream chat. Let me just get rid of that. Yeah. Alright, that's the way the dog trailer. Yeah, 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 I've got the way the dog trailer, and then I put the Crow Triple Seven interviewed. With well, that, no, that's that's Crow Triple Seven on High Side Chats. I wouldn't recommend people listen. Listen, High Side yeah. Chats. I've got nothing against mm-hmm. the guy who runs that podcast, but most of his guests are a joke. Uh-huh. And Crow Triple Seven had a good interview with Dave, but Crow Triple uh-huh. Seven is also a joke. So I would never recommend people listen to Crow Triple Seven uh-huh. on High Side Chats. That's that's mm-hmm. a joke interviewing a joke, isn't it? Well, there you go. Look, uh, if you can find the one with Dave J that you think is worth, uh, fakeologists worth listening to, because Ab will put uh, with this, um, what do you call it, the chat that we've just had with um, uh, Frank Salty Guy and uh, and Dave J. Crazy Dave. Can we call him Crazy Dave? or is, is Yeah, Crazy outrageous? Dave, Crazy Roller. You two yeah, are like two in a pod. Yeah. It's good to see so, you getting uh, along. It's nice. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, the thing that pisses me off is people... That, Mostly in life is people that just type in and then and you do the back and forth on on type because you get no tone, you get no tone from that. And when well, I get, no, you, let me say, just let me say, let, let me say, for it. I I've been in correspondence with Miss Ali for years now. Okay, and she has many interesting and insightful things to say. But on mm-hmm. one issue, I agree with you and disagree with her, and that issue is this. If people want to sit in the audience and only sit in the audience and throw peanuts, mm-hmm. then there's no reason why they need to be taken seriously. If you want to throw peanuts at people, that's fine. And some people deserve it. Like you, Rollo, sometimes you deserve to have peanuts thrown at you. But the people who want to throw the peanuts ought to jump onto the stage as well. Fair's fair, is what I say. I and the people who just sit on the silence throwing peanuts, mm. I don't respect that at all. Well, 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 let me ask you this question then. Why does Miss Ali, if you've spoken to her, you know, on audio, why does she not want to come into the live stream? Because I, I'm, I don't know. It's the I same. Know. It's the same with this uh, Harry Yell guy. 
I said, just come into well, the line and give me both barrels. And I know you're sure going to go No, I'm pretty sure. Let me check. I'm pretty sure he has. Let me fakeologist. Sure. Go for it. Harry L. I'm pretty sure he has been in the call before, man. Right. I could be wrong. Could be wrong. Yeah. I, I, I told him straight out. Get into the live stream like you've done tonight, and give me both barrels because I don't mind. I can, I can, I can, I can give as good as I get. Like John Laws, I mean, or I don't want to use any other mainstream guys, but I, I do have, I do have a lot, a lot of love for him. <laughs> I don't know why he called me a coward, the bastard. He wouldn't take my call today, Johnny. Did you try and call him with a different uh, with a different phone number? No, no. I um, I rang up and spoke to his producers and and they said, oh yeah, it's Rollo. And I go, well, don't call me Rollo then. I said to him, uh, call me Stan Zamanik because Stan Zamanik died in 2007 and uh, Stan Zamanik's a classic because uh, apparently, um, oh, what's his name? The the guy that was on TUE the I forget his name, but he just went to Stan Zimatic's funeral to make sure he was dead. That's like, he's quoted as saying that. Can you believe <laughs> These radio guys, sometimes they don't get on. <laughs> Do you remember the um, the Chase of War and everything when they did a oh, eulogy yeah, song oh, yeah, for Stan Zimatic? And they said that um, <laughs> he, <laughs> the only thing that was more um, cancerous then what was in his head was what came out of his mouth or something like this. I think it was Dan Zamanik. I'm pretty sure he was a. I'm pretty sure he was a Sydney personality. So in Melbourne, oh, yeah, we, didn't, yeah, big time. we didn't really know as much about him. He called you a blockhead. He called you a blockheaded bastard. He called you everything under the sun. But he enjoyed it. He loved it. Yeah, but then I'm pretty sure he ended up hosting a TV show called um, Beauty and the Beast, where there'd be like a panel of five or six. Middle no, I think that was Doug Murray. Doug Murray. I think, no, I think Doug Murray followed Stan Zamanik. That's right. When Zamanik died, Murray tried. But Murray was too nice. That's right. Murray was too nice. You're right. Yeah. 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 No, you, you got it right. You got it right. Yes. Yeah. I remember it now. Uh, yeah. Doesn't say anything on his wiki page. Let's try another little show. That's Stan Zamanik. Beauty. So this is the amazing thing, Rollo. We've got this technology now where sure. if you want to confirm something, it takes literally three seconds. And get this, I've just yeah. found a clip of our boy Stan Zamanik on uh, Beauty and the Beast. And yes. Throw it in the live stream. I, I can't, um, I can't, I'm going to put it in the live stream show notes. I can't play audio through Discord. Oh. So if you want to play this, this is just a one minute no, no, I'm not on my other machine, so you're going to have the live stream channels. All right, yeah, just throw it in there. That's fine. Look, it's okay. okay. He, was, he was definitely on Beauty and the Beast. That's how I was familiar with him, because this is 2001, so I was like, uh, what, 13 or 14 at the time? Sure. I'll tell you what I can do. I t- I'll tell you what I can do, John. When it gets put as an MP3 tomorrow, I can, I'm pretty good when it comes to cutting audio. Uh, I can, I can... Uh, do post-production pretty well when it comes to audio. Uh, let's not say pretty good. I do it very well. Just like you do with your um, your uh, videos. What's your latest one? Your latest one, let's have a quick look. Where are we, John LeBond? Well, basically what I'm doing now with YouTube is all of my mm-hmm. videos are effectively just an advertisement for my website. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'll give them a little bit of candy to get them in, and then yeah. after a minute or two, I just start promoting the website. I think it's a pretty clever yeah. thing to do. Whereas well, the videos on the website... 
anywhere from 20 to 90 minutes of just unadulterated information plus entertainment. It's fantastic. Mm. So you've got to pay to get the good stuff, bro. That's just how the world is, man. It's amazing, isn't it? People think that you can uh, you can go through life and everything, you get what you pay for. That's but right. when it comes to the truth or to this kind of material, they won't pay a cent. And to them, that makes sense. It's uh, yeah. what a time to be alive. But hey, get this, Roller. We've been joined. Yeah, by feeling another. feels never felt before. Feeling feels never felt before. Yeah, I know it's an ad, but... It was still good, well, though. Let, I enjoyed it. Let, let me, let me, I'll tell you all about go that. Let introduce Exoteric, who uh, he had his debut with uh, Ab maybe two or three weeks ago, and I listened to the yeah. whole thing. Very enjoyable. Yeah. Very enjoyable. I learned oh, a little bit about oh. New Zealand. As soon as I heard your voice, Exoteric, I thought, hold on, this bloke doesn't sound like an Aussie. He sounds like a Kiwi. But yes. you were saying that you were living That's in... 35 um, years. 35 years of being here, and it still sounds... Is he, is he here now? Yeah, yeah, is, he he is that you, Rick? Yeah, that's me. I'm G'day, right. Rick. How are you, mate? Here you are with John LeBond. Did you hear me tooting? I'm just, I'm How you doing, you kiwi bastard? Cook me some, cook me some eggs. Cook me some eggs, you kiwi I've bastard. I've just driven past Newcastle. <laughs> oh, you bastard! Why didn't you take the turn off and come and join me? Because I'll let you and look. I'm going to go and have a smoke. You and John LeBond have a chat. I don't think you've chatted before, have you? No. No, that first time. No. I, I, I saw. I actually finally saw your um. The funny uh, ISS thing with your your friend Dino that was hilarious. He's funny. Well, that, that was all. Should, that guy right, should do. That, he should do. Does he do stuff? Because he should do some. I completely agree. He stuff. should do stuff. And oh, the thing is, that was all his idea, right? Because I went and visited him. I was in Melbourne a couple of weeks ago for a family event, so I went and visited Gino, and that was all his yeah. idea. Gino. Like the, um, it was all his idea, like the idea to do an ISS green screen. It was his idea, his equipment. And he's the one that's being funny. Do you know what I mean? Like that was oh, it was hilarious. All yeah. He was just a, he's a natural to the camera, and every just the little movements and everything. He's just a he's just got a good uh, um, what do you call it a, a good uh, camera camera presence. And uh, yeah, he was funny. I you know you were being the straight man, but he was being really funny. I was trying my best, man. We we took a few takes for some of the gags because we came up with like five or six gags before we started recording. And we had to do a few takes for some of them because, and I'm usually pretty good at keeping a straight face, but sometimes with him you can't. Like, he's a genuine character. And the oh, thing he's, is... He's really he's funny, all right? The thing like is, he's not just good with the camera. He, he's just a funny guy uh, in real life. Like, the first time I met him, <laughs> I, I still remember the first time I met him. This is like three years ago. This was back when Flat Earth was big. Basically, a guy who listened, he, he doesn't like my show anymore because he's now a Flat Earther and I'm not, but... At the time, there was a guy who was into my show who invited me to meet him in Melbourne. He also knew Gino, so we invited Gino over. And the first time I met Gino, man, he just had this, like, 10-minute... It was almost like a stand-up routine as soon as he walked into the room. It was like, uh... You know, want some people... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Some yeah. people just are amazing. I Sounding like a Dalek, had to call it. I'm heading to our other half in Sydney, and apparently I kept turning into a Dalek last time. I didn't say. Yeah, well, unfortunately, it is doing it now. It's going uh, robot mode, sadly. Who are you with? Are you with Telstra? No, nah, I don't think he's with Telstra. Telstra is pretty good. Look, I'm not here to promote Telstra, especially the Telstra stores, which are full of uh, lecherous bloodsuckers. 
salesmen so with no ethics whatsoever. Yeah, it is. It's starting to sound a bit uh, robot And I was just saying that yeah. Telstra, I don't know if you've ever been into a Telstra store, but, yes. man, you want to talk about no ethics when it comes to being salespeople. These people are, phew, they make telephone salespeople seem respectable by comparison. But that's the Telstra stores. The actual Telstra network, in my experience, is sensational. Sensational. Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm with Telstra, but it, 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 I've just noticed now being compared to, uh, I was in Vietnam, and uh, Vietnam was 10 times better than here. Oh, yeah, it is phenomenal. I mean, I remember when they were talking about the NBN. We're going back almost 10 years, and they were saying, oh, it's going to cost, you know, X billion dollars. And I was like, there's no way that's going to cost whatever they just said. No way. No way. Mind you, now I know that all this money stuff, all this debt stuff, it's all uh, fictional anyway, isn't it, really? Like, who, who is the debt to? Who? Who is the debt to? No one can give me a logical answer to this question. You're listening to another hour of Fakeologist Audio Chat on Fakeologist.com. I think we've lost Exoteric. He's uh, struggling with his reception out there on the coast of New South Wales, somewhere near Newcastle, apparently. And, uh, yeah, Telstra, the Telstra stores, don't even get me started, man. I've been in there a few times for various reasons, and uh, they just can't help themselves, man. They will try and pitch you all these products that you have no need for whatsoever. And, uh, yeah, completely shameless. Anyway, while we're waiting for Rollo to return, I'll uh, just give my comments on this recent drama with the uh, an exodus. There's been an exodus at fakeologist.com. It seems as though John Adams has severed ties with this platform and he's been followed by a few other people. I think uh, Not So Freemason, Mahatma Coat. And uh, one or two other people have said, see you later, fakeologist. We we believe that a net carry-on was real. And so we're going to carry on on the net elsewhere. Goodbye. So it's a sad, it's a sad, uh, sad to see. Sad to see. This, this, regardless of what the circumstances, is always going to happen with um, this kind of forum anyway. You're always going to get offshoots. And something, you know, this, it was an, inevitable that something like this would happen. Yeah, you're right. It does. It happens. I mean, I've been in this now you're for getting, you're getting um, like extremist, extremist views, middle of the road views, and a and a polar opposite view, regardless of what the conversation is. And so, I, I call it the fake busters now, because um, you'll get an, an, an amalgam will come out. Or, you know, yeah, well, I've been here for four years now, man. I've been um, in the so-called truth realm for four years. And uh, this is just par for the course, unfortunately. Yeah, it just happens. I've, I, I, um, I've seen nothing but this, you know, since the 80s with uh, different groups and offshoots of um, discussion, be it um, uh, meetings of, you know, certain groups that used to have meetings and there'd be a, always be a trouble. Someone would go one, a different way and they'd split up. It's just completely, it's completely normal. It's organic, actually. It's, it's not anything that surprises me. So yeah, I mean, if you put enough, um, if you put enough humans together, unless there's a strong leader, then yeah, there's always going to be these kinds of um, it's fissures. It's gone. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah, and, and, and you don't want a strong leader. Like, you don't want a strong leader who sort of puts their fist down because that kind of defeats the purpose of the open dialogue. Yeah, it's, it's so basically just. Like, oh, so, so, if someone like Ab does what I think he ought to do, and he is doing, which is allowing people just to speak freely rather than telling them what they can and can't say, 
there's going to be frictions and fissures. It's just the the nature of the beast. Yeah, I know. It's it's no surprise. It's a surprise that hasn't happened before. Probably has happened before. I just haven't been been listening to. I haven't got involved with. But, you know, I didn't realise about the discourse app and how easy it is to do. So once I did, it's easy, easy peasy. So just for my this reception when I'm driving, but when I'm in Sydney, it's perfect. Same as when I'm up the North Coast. Yeah, I remember you saying in your chat with Ab that you listen to like a dozen hours of audio a day because your job allows you to listen to podcasts uh, while you work. Yeah, Reception's no good, man. It's gone uh, yeah, it's completely. No, it's no, I don't. Yeah, I'll, I'll mute now and wait for Rollo to get back. I just can't believe he's still awake. Uh, uh, no, no, no. Uh, Rick, Rick, you turned into a Dalek there for a se- Rick, you turned into a Dalek there for a second, but you're okay now, man. Come on, keep going. No, no, I'm looking forward to having a proper chat with you because I've got lots of questions. See, when I'm listening to Ab's interviews, I'm thinking to myself. As I was saying, I've got lots of questions, so hopefully we can organise a chat with Exoteric in the future. But right now, yeah, the, the robot mode is uh, is not working. So just getting back to what I was saying a moment ago about the um, this uh, drama. Yeah, we can't we can't hear a word you're saying, man. I'm sorry, like it's just. Yeah, not, uh, uh, Rick, Rick, wait till you um, hit a good spot. He's gone. He's gone, man. Oh, he's, he's gone. He's gone. Or whatever, wherever oh, you he's are. Gone. He's gone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. He's gone. Yeah, okay. So, anyway, so, Rollo, I was Keep just going, saying, before I get going, I was just going to sort of leave my thoughts about this uh, this drama. And I have to say that my respect for Ab has gone up significantly over the past week or so. I've listened to all of the chats. There were two consecutive seven-hour chats. And I had a fair bit of driving to do myself. So I managed to listen to all of both lots of seven hours plus the other chats and I didn't hear a single thing from Ab that I thought was in any way disrespectful to John Adams. And uh, and I think the way that Ab has conducted himself throughout this has been admirable. You know, it's not easy to have people who are meant to be your supporters attacking you. It's not fun. You ha- You have to go through this yourself to understand just how unpleasant it is when people who are meant to be your supporters will start attacking you like rabid dogs. It's not a pleasant thing. But uh, Ab has handled it, I think, um, nonchalantly and uh, calmly and uh, professionally. I mean, he's not a professional, as far as I know. He's just doing this as a hobby. But he's handled this like a professional would. And uh, my respect to him has gone up significantly as a result. 
And yeah, uh, yes. so, uh, so basically, what he was saying is, there's no friends here. We, we're here to be professional. We're here to be uh, object, objective. Uh, yeah, and somehow I get it wrong sometimes. I, I try, I try to make friends. You know, I like to be friends with you, John. I like to be what friends with you. What is the thing, Rollo? You come I know, to Brisbane, and I get it wrong. We'll be I get friends. it wrong every time. Yeah, I mean, you come to Brisbane, and we can hang out in real life. Fantastic, right? Or I can come to Newcastle, and we can hang out. It's going to be great. But unless we're hanging out in real life as people, there's no reason to assume there's any friendship. Okay, you can you can still build like an online friendship in the sense that you can feel like you've got some kind of um, uh, affinity for one another or you know each other well, this kind of thing. There's nothing wrong with that. But when it comes to a media story about media fakery, it doesn't matter who's presenting the story. It's a media story. And so it gets treated just like any other media. If I came to you and I said, hey, Rollo, you've been listening to me for four years. Now I'm going to tell you that this media story that is full of hoax markers, is real, you have no reason to say, oh, well, I've known you for four years, so I'm just going to pretend I can't see the hoax markers. That's yeah. ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I get, I get where you come from. So Kyle Sandilands, not my friend. Kyle or whoever that guy is on, whoever's on Breakfast, what's his name? Um, oh, God, I can't stand the guy. Um, uh, it's on Breakfast on Channel 9. Yeah, they're not your friends. So, uh, and they've got no bit, or David Koch, for example, who's on Channel 7. He's not your friend. I'll tell you a story. When I was coming back from, oh, where was I? I was in Malaysia, and I saw David Koch in the airport, and I went, I know this guy, but I was a little bit bloody, uh, what do you call it? Um, Starstruck. Uh, when, you, when you've been on an airline too long, and you're, you're tired as all fuck, and and I went up and I was going to shake his hand because I thought he was a friend. And I thought he was going to punch me, David Koch. And then I went, holy fuck, I don't know you. I only know you from television. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and uh, what's the other story that's hilarious to me? Well, before um, you tell that, let me just go for it. Go for it, John. I was in Melbourne. This would have been when I was, I don't know, maybe 19 or 20 or something. So we're going back a fair way, maybe 10 years. I don't know. And Sunrise was filming in Melbourne for some reason. I think it might be a Sydney show, but for some reason they were in Melbourne. And I was out all night. And it, See, now in Melbourne the trains run all night, but back then they didn't. The last train was at like, I don't know, one. And they didn't start uh-huh. again until like five or six. So if you uh-huh. didn't get on the train by one or whatever time it was, then you were just stuck there all night. So I was just walking around in like um, basically like the CBD near the, near the river, I guess uh-huh. in like... Um, near South Yarra or whatever. And um, anyway, they were recording Sunrise. Not South Yarra. I'm just trying to think of the, the name of the area. But anyway, we were on they the were recording Sunrise. Because <laughs> the north side's a rich part and the south side's a bums. <laughs> well, this was, this was right near the CBD because they were recording yeah, Sunrise. Yeah. And anyway, because they're a breakfast TV show, so I'm waiting for the trains to start. The sun's coming up and they're recording Sunrise. And I don't know if Koshin, is their name Mel? The two of them... Mm. Mm-hmm. They used to be the ones who did the show. Mm-hmm. Well, as they're setting up, I just I was just watching. You know, they're sitting on this big um stage, like up above. It must have been I don't know, maybe five meters above the uh, the ground. Yeah. And uh, I couldn't just help but just sort of I don't know, I guess sort of watch or stare. And Mel turns around and she sees me, and she gives me this big smile, like a big. It seemed like a genuine smile, the complete opposite of what you would expect from these people when the cameras are not rolling. 
Mm. And uh, and ever since then, I've had this soft spot for her. That's all it took, right? Mm. It was just one smile. And then I think to myself, if that's the effect that it had on me, imagine how the normies feel when they've got Koshi and Mel giving them the, the lowdown, giving them the truth, giving them the facts of the matter and the laughter and all the crap every morning. They really must see these people as their friends. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's how the normies work. Yeah. That's how we all work. I'm, I'm saying that we're all um, subjects to these uh, biases, I guess. Yeah. Look, 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 John, I'll, I'll tell you the truth. I mean, in... I'm pretty sure that was a night that someone stole my phone. I met Someone stole my phone. I chased him down. And yeah. him and his... Yeah, yeah mates. Yeah. There's three of them and one of me. Was, uh-huh. uh, yeah, I chased him down. He's this big, fat fuck, man. I chased him down. And then his mm-hmm. mates just came out of nowhere. And yeah, crazy night that night. The good old days, Rollo. The good old days. Yeah, mate. yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, look. Don't get me wrong. I've, I've met, I've met, I've met them too, and I, I know that they're um as as empty as plastic human beings. Most of these, Ab calls them. Uh, what are they called? Um, uh, small people with big heads. If you're on television, you don't care about. You you pretend to care. It's like politicians that say. Oh, like this thing that happened in Canada, right? With all the kids being killed, the the, the what are they? Um, the ice hockey players or something? And they're uh, my hearts and my thoughts and prayers. You know, every time you hear Malcolm Turnbull say that, or John Howard, or God knows how many politicians say that, they don't mean it. No, they're, but they're they have to say it. It's part of the game. It's part of the it game. It's part of the game. And listen, Rollo, if we offered you, if we offered you, or if someone offered mm-hmm. you half a million dollars a year to pretend mm. you cared about dead kids in a bus crash, of course you'd do it. Now, you'll come back and you'll say, no, I wouldn't. Well, maybe you're already wealthy, I don't know. But the average person, you offer them money, the kind of money that these politicians get paid to mm. pretend to care, of course they'd mm. do it. Of course they would. Yeah. I would. You offer me 200 grand a year to yeah. be a, um, a senator who just votes as I'm told to vote, and mm. I get a government car, I get unlimited travel, mm. I get all the social status of being a senator, and all I have to do is, if they put a camera, a uh, microphone in my in my face and say, "Have you heard about the latest bus crash?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, it's terrible." My heart goes out to the families. Cha-ching, cha-ching. Yeah, man. But there's, there's always exceptions to the rule. What do you think of um, Darren Hinch as a senator? What do you think of Darren Hinch? He's been in jail. Well, he before. was supposed to have uh, liver cancer. He was meant to be dead ten years ago thanks to liver cancer. Yeah, the bloke fit as a fiddle. Yeah, I reckon that whole um, liver cancer or cirrhosis. I reckon that was all bullshit, man. Yeah. What about when John Laws put his knuckles down and he was there with Bob, whatever his name is, and he called him a cunt? John Laws said at the top of his voice, a cunt. He called Darren Hinch at the top of his voice. Uh, and uh, he was with Mike Carlton, who's a 2UE guy in the morning, who only went to Stanza Manning's funeral to make sure he was dead. <laughs> These guys, they're, they're, they're fucking crazy. They don't care. Yeah, maybe, dude, maybe it's all like WWE and behind the WWE, scenes, are best yeah. mates, and uh, all the personality clashes are just for the masses. The masses love it, man. The masses love drama. The dumber a person is, and most people are incredibly dumb. That's why we've got the all this television these days. What's it called? Um, I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Put you in there, John Levon. I'm a YouTube celebrity or whatever it is. Get me out of here. What would you, know you what say? I would if you were in there. that. If you That's put me in one of those TV shows, you know what I would do? If you put what me in one of those, uh, I'm, I would just go with the flow and keep my mouth shut about 99% of what I know. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do. 
It's natural. Mm. Anyone out there who says to me, oh, no, man, if I would, give, me a, give me a break, man. Where do these yeah. people get this self-righteous, holier-than-thou bullshit? Mm. We are humans and we live in a system. And most of the humans we live with do not want the truth. They, they mm. say that they do, but their actions reveal that that's not the case at all. So these mm. people saying, oh, no, man, oh, if oh, I got a big platform, I'd tell the truth. Give me a break. John, I tried to ring John Laws this morning, one three hundred five six four six five two. And I spoke to his producer, and her name is, and I'll name her, Jenna. Jenna, his producer, said she wouldn't let me on air because I said, because all I wanted to say was he has an ego bigger than the Twin Towers in New York, and it was brought down, controlled demolition in 2005 when he was exposed. Did you see uh, Lawsy's interview with Lee Sales a few years ago? Lee Sales from the ABC? Oh, yeah, where he's sitting there with a the scarf had on and he's giggling. got a, 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 a giggling like yeah. a giddy schoolgirl, man. At 80 years yeah. old or whatever he is, he was still getting it done. You've got to respect that. Come on. But Lee Sales is a good sort, and, and he was flirting with her. That's what I'm saying. And he, and yeah. he had her eating out of the palm of his hand, mate. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. But she, he's $200 million, man, and who's she? She works for the ABC. What's she? Oh, they get paid a freaking fortune, ABC, man. Early in my uh, deprogramming process, that was yeah. one of the big things that sort of... Because I used to watch the ABC, man. I used to watch yeah, 7.30 and Late Line religiously. If you I didn't see the line... You wouldn't have done the... What was it called? The show that you did three years ago. What was it called? Um, the, uh, the, the thing that you did with uh, your, your three mates. Yeah, it was called the ARP, mate. Yeah, ARP. You wouldn't have done that if you weren't interested in the media. Yeah, yeah. And then I discovered how much these clowns get paid, man. What's his name? Tony mm-hmm. Jones? He's on more than half a million dollars. Oh, what? Wow. The public broadcaster. And then yeah. I started to realise, hold on a second, if they're on that much money, they're never going to rock the boat. And then it all started yeah. to make sense to me, you see? Yeah. But um, prior to that, I actually believe... The ABC I, my favourite show uh, on the ABC was Media Watch. And uh, don't get me wrong, Media Watch was great, but it was nothing like the ARP. I, I enjoyed the ARP way more than Media Watch. And Media Watch obviously exposed um, Alan Jones and um, John Laws for the cash for comment with, uh, what was his name, Richard Ackland, and, uh, and a few things that interested me, you know, um, especially... Um, Oh, Liz Jackson exposing Lawsy for calling people and then pretending that they called him, even though that did piss me off. Because I always loved Lawsy when he said, hello. So let's do it for example. Hello. Now you listen to me, you blockheaded <laughs> bastard. <laughs> you fuck off. I said that's a lie. You can't say and fuck it's off on there, Don't you? you call into my show telling lies, you boy. <laughs> You enjoyed that, didn't you? Yeah, I thought it was pretty funny, to be honest. And uh, the video that I made, for like yeah. it was a promotion of Fakeologist and it was a way to, I guess, share the laughter. Sure. I, that took me like, um, that took me more than an hour to make that video, to like record mm. the the mm. audio. You know, like, yeah. you know when you have the little audio line? I don't know the official name for that. But I recorded yeah. that and then I made the video with the Fakeologist banners and yeah, that took me ages. Oh, yeah, I think you did a really good job. That's a great ad for fakeologists. Because I did mention Tom Dalper, a fakeologist. It was just because I was caught on the hop and I couldn't get... Because we were talking about... Oh, what was his name? The the, the guy that supposedly died that day. Um, uh, the guy in the wheelchair. Uh, 
Stephen Hawking, yeah, I, I forgot that. And he put me on the spot, and he and he sort of roughed me up a bit. And I said, well, give me a break, give me a break. All right. But, yeah, and you said, look, you know, um, radio doesn't like dead air. And so if he's going to go hard on me, I just went hard back. And then he said he almost said he wanted to fucking snap my neck. Did you hear that? He almost yeah, said. it sounded like that was, you know, like the three-second delay um, sensor. Yeah. It sounded like and he, like swore, he yeah. swore, yeah, I'm going to fucking snap your... If I'm there at Otto's and I see you, I'm going to fucking snap your neck. Hold on. Lozzy, you're forgetting. I'm one of your biggest fans, mate. <laughs> Yeah, well, you called in and said that Liz Jackson exposed him. And then he's like, she did not. And, he's like, and you're like, yeah, she exposed you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm still pissed off a bit about Liz Jackson because that, that stopped him saying the hello thing. He stopped it straight away. He did it in that last week. When he was, you know, know what? Well, I can ask him, man. Why did you do that? He's, and then he's live he on the air. I don't know. I don't know how many. Just give me out. I don't know how many yeah, listeners definitely. he gets now on on that station. He might be with tens of thousands. I don't know. Yeah. But like, why would you call in if you're such a fan of his show? Why would you call in and start telling him and his listeners that he's yeah. being exposed? Like, like, don't take this the wrong way. But why would you do that, man? Like, I don't. It just seems like a weird. Yeah, just, a weird to, just to be a bit of a what do you call it? What do you call it? Uh, just a, a, and take, just like you, John Lebon, you're a bit of a. I don't call into other people's shows. Agitate, and, you know, and do that. Thanks no, for good radio, no, man. No, no, I don't do that. You know what I do these days? Most of my podcasts these days are uh-huh. recorded on Skype once mm-hmm. a week. Mm-hmm. My members and I get together to discuss a topic. All the topics are set ahead of uh, schedule now, so people know what we're going to discuss that week. Mm-hmm. And it's just a nice, cordial. Uh, conversation, you know what I mean? And uh, usually about two hours that we record. No raised voices, nothing. No, no nonsense. Nothing like just, um, opinions and, uh, you know, challenging each other's ideas and sort of thinking yeah. through things, and uh, it's lovely. And I, maybe I'm just a little bit um, too grown up for the, the truth of oh. fighting, argy-bargy, sure. you know, figure well, nonsense. Maybe I'll just have a listen to Simon Shank. Listen to Simon Shack talk about his new book. Uh, they just released the audio. Uh, Rollo, why are you promoting Simon Shack's latest book, man? What's going on with you? You haven't even read it. Why are you away promoting this? No, book? no, no. I'm just, re- I'm, I'm just promoting the audio that's uh, well, there on Facebook.com. I, I will. I will listen to the audio. Yes. And uh, back when the Clues Chronicles started, I listened to probably the first, I don't know, 10 or 12. Mm-hmm. But, um, but this has got Simon Shack on it, explaining his book, so... I think you might enjoy it. I mean, again, I know nothing about the cause. You have, you did the whole flat, or not, was it, ball earth skeptic thing with your mate? Bro, that was me. I his name. The ball earth skeptic round table, that was me. Yeah, with my boys, we, uh, it was great. Yeah. It was a great thing. Yeah. It was terrific. So I enjoyed that just as much as I enjoyed the, 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 um, the, 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 um, uh, the round table, the Aussie round table. I enjoyed that just as much. And it was the day that you said that you weren't a flat earther or something. Everybody went fucking batshit crazy because everyone thought you were a, a flat earther. And, and the funny what thing about it? that, Rollo, is that you can listen to the very first episode of the Baller Skeptic Roundtable, and I make it very clear, not only am I not a flat earther, I was the one challenging the flat mm-hmm. earther who was mm-hmm. trying to tell me, this is a guy called D Murphy 25 trying to tell me, that I couldn't have flown from Johannesburg to Perth, which yes, is on our uh, west coast, 
I, he, he was telling me that I must be mistaken. And I'm like, <laughs> must be mistaken? Brother, oh. I was in South Africa in 2010. Mm-hmm. I had to come back to Australia. I didn't swim. I didn't catch a boat. Like, this isn't the kind of thing you just... Joburg to Perth. That's a hell of a swim. You have to yeah, be Susie, Susie Moroni or something to do that. <laughs> yeah, so, like, this isn't the kind of thing where... Like, if I'm live on the air with you and I tell you that I flew from one country to another, sure. okay, if I was, like, a, a regular traveller, maybe you could make that kind of error. But... I've only gone on one overseas trip in my life. And so that was the return leg. That was me coming back. It's not the kind of thing you just forget. And he says mm. to me live on the air, well, oh, you must be mistaken. Mistaken. Mm. Bro, I've, I've still got the itinerary. I'll go and, I'll go you and get the itinerary. You went up, to, you went up somewhere else. Uh, you, you took another trip somewhere else. So, no, I've only, yeah. I've only had one overseas trip in my life, man. I, I, I lead a very okay, uh, Look, I, I seem to remember that you took a trip uh, somewhere else, but uh, up up north somewhere, to Thailand or somewhere. I don't know. I've been no, all over. No, no. I've been let me everywhere. tell you what I did. Let me tell you what I did. This is 2010. I went on exchange to South Africa. Uh-huh. And so what I did was I flew to London via Singapore. So mm. I spent three days in Singapore. There you about go. a week in London. And I didn't mm. go any further north than, than London. I should have. But I was like, oh, I was just happy to be in London, just drinking and basically being a dickhead. Yeah. And then I flew down to Johannesburg. And I was there for about five months. And then I flew to Melbourne via Perth. Yeah. That was that was the whole flight. And uh, that's one of the things that gets me. It's like you have these people out there complaining about people like me making videos and podcasts and charging a very small nominal fee for the premium content. And you get these people complaining about it. And it's like I'm, I'm 30 years old. I don't own a car. I don't own a freaking automobile. I haven't been overseas in what? Coming up on eight years? Right. And these Charl- these, mm. these um, cretins want to criticise me. Mm. This, uh, this so-called truth around, man, it's full of some sick people. There's good people out there. That's why I remain. But am I a good of, person, uh, Jono, or am I sick? Am I Well, uh, when you're behaving... Be honest, I think be you're honest. lovely. When you're behaving be yourself like you did on our live recording, what was it, five or six weeks ago now, who are the fakeologists? When you're behaving yourself, I think you're terrific. I think you're fantastic. Yeah. When you start doing your drunk, you know, oh, yeah. obfuscating, obstruction, yeah. yelling. Well, I did a bit of that tonight. But you, um, I, I asked AJ specifically to wait for you to come here because I know that you can moderate. Because well, that was the thing, man. I was actually listening to you and Dave J talking. I was eating my little salad for dinner and I was mm-hmm. enjoying it. And I was just listening yeah. to you, so it was nice. Because I was afraid what you wanted to do was just start yelling at him and he'd yell back and what kind of a read no no I wanted you shit. there to when I started yelling at him but it, it, it took a while for you to get into the, the room and by then I'd calm down so yeah. well let, let me share with you an idea Rollo and just yeah, let me right. yeah. Dave J okay he says that this person is that person and I disagree with him about that kind of thing right he's even mm-hmm. said that I and this other guy called Tristan who is Gino's mate, right? So he's even done one of those silly analyses on mm. He made a video, I'm sure I could find it somewhere, mm. of, of accusing me of being um, one of Gino's friends because we both mm. had uh, long beards at the time and we both sure. wore beanies. Other than that, I don't think we even looked similar, but he was trying to mm. say that we're, that we're the same. Per- so this is just what Dave J does, okay? As, as long as you admit that you're less than well, that I told you just that, to hear me out. That's all you're interrupting. You're, interrupting you're less than that, right? Just, just hear me out. So if we put that aside, if we put that aside, okay. let's listen to what else Dave J has to say. 
Dave J says and has put out videos which take time to make showing how the Civil War is a hoax, how war in general is a hoax, how ancient Egypt is a hoax, how ancient history in general is a hoax. This is all good stuff, right? So why would we try and focus on the disagreements at the detriment or to the detriment of chatting about the things where we agree? Why do we do that for? Why? I mean, it's okay to disagree every now and then, but why would you make that your central focus when analysing a character? The only reason I can think of is if you are stuck in this us-versus-them mentality, ooh, he's a shoe, she's a shoe, they're, they're boogeymen sent to get us, ooh. If you're stuck in this infantile, juvenile, us-versus-them, black-versus-white, Pepsi-versus-Coke, false dichotomy. Oh, yeah, Ford versus, come on, let's think of all the di- dichotomies. Ford versus Holden, uh, uh, Cornettas versus... Well, you're uh, obstructing Trump. again, Roland, you're obstructing again. The point that oh, I'm sorry. Look, I'm, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I have to go for about 10 minutes. If, if you want to go for a diatribe to 10 minutes and you're still here, I will be back, I promise. Well, I'll be back. When you get back, I'll be gone. I've got to make a video roll. It was nice chatting oh, with okay, you. Okay, mate. It's good to talk and, to you again, John. Um, John yeah, yeah, I'll just uh, finish the thought that I had. Um, you know, good luck to to John Adams and to Hoax Pass's call and to all the people there. I wish them no ill will whatsoever. And uh, I'll go and listen to their latest call to see what is said, but um, no, I think Ab's done well, and uh, yeah, to to the people out there, whether you support Ab, or you support Chris Kendall, or John Adams, or myself, or any of the people who take the time to make this kind of content, you know, when you then turn around and start um, being nasty, you know, it's, uh, I think you have to ask yourself why you're doing that, why would you, why would you support someone or pretend to support them, and then because you disagree with them about one thing, snap at them like that, that's, uh, I don't think that's a, a healthy way to live your life, you know, not just online, but with people, to, uh, you know, if you, if you decide that's it, this person is no longer my, uh, my cup of tea, then, uh, then just move on with your life, you don't have to, don't have to make a, a big deal of saying, well, this person is my enemy now, and I'm going to badmouth them to others, it just seems like a very juvenile way to lead your life. And uh, and I think the way that Ab has conducted himself, and also Faye, I thought her contributions in one of those recent calls also was very mature. And uh, there's not enough of that, in my opinion. There's not enough maturity in the vast majority of the so-called truth realm. But uh, we'll see where it all goes. I mean, end of the day, a story about a woman dying on a motorcycle, or dying when she came off a motorcycle, as the case might be, is it really that big a deal? Uh, I'm not so sure that it is, but um, yeah, anyway, time for me to go. I've been here way too long. Thanks to Dave J. Thanks to Frank, the salt guy. Thanks to Crazy Roller, as he likes to be called, and also to Exoteric. It's a shame about the reception that he was getting. Like I said, normally Telstra, good reception. Um, don't, don't waste your time walking to a Telstra store, though, because, man, these people, they, uh, they take uh, unethical sales tactics to a whole new level. It's uh, actually, you know what? Do go in there just once to see it for yourself. Just see it for yourself, man. I went into a Telstra store once. Let me tell you a story. Let me just clear my throat there. I went into a Telstra store once, and all I wanted was mobile internet data because I was going into the middle of Australia to record some footage of the uh, dinosaurs that were supposedly discovered there. And this was for my Dino Skeptic film. 
And so I walked into a Telstra store because the carrier, the phone carrier that I'm with, has no reception out there. Only Telstra have reception out there. Okay. So I want to go and find out how much will it cost me to maybe change over to Telstra. You know, why not? Or should I just get a separate phone? And you're like, what's the most cost-effective option that you guys can sort me out with so that I've got mobile internet data when I'm going out to Winton? That's all I want to know, okay? That's all I need to know. And I'll, I'm happy to, to pay if it's the best. If it's a fair solution, I'll give you the cash. No problems. This guy tries to pitch to me, and the way that sales works is you do your discovery, you find out what the client wants, you find out what the problem is if they're trying to solve a problem, then you pitch to them the best solution that is most likely to get you the sale. This is how sales is supposed to work. You do the discovery, then you pitch the best that you can come up with. Not this guy. He, uh, we go through the discovery. I mean, I'm using that word. He doesn't the word that he used, but I know enough about this field, so I, I get it. And that's cool. He's asking me, what are you doing? Oh, yeah, he's pretending to care. Like, that's cool, whatever. Then it come, and I'm, like, I'm like, just give me your best solution, man. That's all I need. Then he tries to pitch me an iPad. No word of a lie. He tries to pitch me a mobile phone plan, like a 24-month plan, with the centerpiece being an iPad. I never said anything about an iPad. I never... Firstly, I don't have an iPad or a, a tablet. I don't now. I didn't then. I don't want one now. I didn't then. I said nothing about a freaking tablet. That's what this guy's trying to pitch me, a tablet. I'm looking at this guy thinking to myself, this guy's a clown. This guy's a joker. You know, but... Being the way that I am, I was too polite to call him out on the spot. I said, well, uh, listen, thank you for uh, the uh, the idea. And uh, and then I went on my way. I was too polite to just look at him and say, mate, you're a fuckwit. That's what I should have done probably. I should have said, mate, you are a fuckwit. You've just wasted, what, 15, 20 minutes of both of our time. You, my friend, are a fuckwit. I don't know what your team leader has told you today. Maybe you've got like a little uh, internal special going on where – Whoever sells the most fucking iPads this week gets a bonus. You know, you've got, I understand you've got a financial motivation to try and, and convince me to buy an iPad. I get it. But um, that doesn't make it okay. That doesn't make, you, you haven't even, you, you, you are not a good person. That's what I, that's what I, look, uh, you've got a little bit of a misperspective, you know. We, like I said, maybe he did have, um, you know, like a $200 gift card if he sold enough iPads that week. I mean, yeah, I guess you can look at it both ways, but, um, but yeah, Telstra stores, and then that's just one of my experiences with these people, because obviously I didn't take that guy up on his, uh, his offer, I mean, don't even get me started. So later on, I looked online and I found out that they sell just the little um, portable modems that come with the data. I'm not going to bore you with the details, but let's just say that on three separate occasions, I checked online. I called the store to find if they had the one that I was looking for. They said they did. I went to the store, and then they tried to say, oh, no, we don't have that one. We've got the next one up from that one, which is more expensive, obviously. And I'm like, no, no, I just spoke to Andy on the phone, and he assured me there were three in stock. Oh, let me go and check. Oh, there was one in stock after all. Oh, yeah, there always was, you cheeky bitch. Yeah, I, these people, they're completely shameless. So I bought my little um, internet dongle. And then Lindsay was so impressed with the internet reception that we got with Telstra that he wanted to buy a dongle of his own because he lives miles from Brisbane. He's got no reception other than Telstra. So I'm like, well, here's the one that you want. Did the same thing. Called the store ahead of time. I said, hey, listen, we want to get this particular dongle. 
do you have it in stock? Oh, yeah, we've got three or four in stock. Fantastic. I'll see you in 20 minutes. So we drive down there. We get to the store. And I said to Lindsay, hey, Lindsay, get this man. And I told him all about what I just told you guys. I'm like, what's the bet? They try that little scam again. So we get to the front. This time it's a different woman and from when I bought mine because you know, a couple of months had passed or whatever. And, uh, and so we get to the front of the store. We're like, hey, we're just after this. Um, say it was called the, the TS dongle, right? Hey, we're just after one of your uh, TS dongles. Oh, yeah. Taps away the computer. Oh, sorry. We're out of stock of those. But we've got this other one. It's like twice as expensive. And it's like, let's say her name is Tracy. It's like, uh, Tracy, I just called and I just spoke with Bob. And he assured me there were three or four in stock. Oh, let me just go and double check. Oh, she comes back a few minutes later. Oh, there must have been a, an error on the computer because we did we just had one left. You're lucky. I'm like, yeah, we're lucky. So, and, and Lindsay, Lindsay was laughing at me. Like, he was laughing the whole time. Like, he knew what was going on. And I think sometimes he finds my frustration with uh, the deceivers. He finds it amusing for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe maybe because he's seven years old and sort of calm and peaceful, you know, in his in his older age. But um, but he was laughing, giggling because he he knew that this was going to happen. I forewarned that it would happen. It did happen. And uh, yeah, so Telstra stores, guys. I know that most of you are not Australians. That's cool. But um, if you ever travel here, or if you're an Australian listening to this, firstly, beware of Telstra stores. And if you're a good son or daughter, I guess. Make sure you're, you're careful with your parents and, and your family members. Warn them all. You know, tell them all, listen, guys, if you ever want a telephone solution, be careful of the Telstra stores because these people are completely unethical when it comes to sales. They're shameless as well, completely shameless. They're shameless. You know, and some people will say, oh, you've got to be unethical and shameless in sales. No, you don't. No, you don't. I didn't spend much time in my sales job when I was younger, but I spent there long enough that... Um, no, you don't need to be unethical or shameless to succeed in sales. And um, But these people are. These people are completely unethical and shameless. Telstra, Telstra stores, yeah. So the network, the point of my story is the Telstra network, in my experience, fantastic. The dongle that I bought worked better than I could have possibly imagined. It was fantastic. Every day of the Dynaskeptic trip, I was able to upload a daily video. It was marvellous, truly marvellous. And, and it didn't matter where we were, we got reception. It was phenomenal. But the Telstra stores, oh man, you've you've got to see it to believe it. So anyway, we're going to leave it there on the 11th of April, 2018. Thanks again to Dave, Jay, to Frank the Salt Guy, to Exoteric and to Crazy Roller, as he likes to be called. And thanks again to Ab for facilitating this. If you like these audio chats, there's one person who's making them happen. And his name is Tim of Fakeologist.com. Why not send him even just 10 bucks, man? You can afford 10 bucks. If you haven't already... Sent Ab 10 bucks, just send him 10 bucks. It's nothing. And if uh, 20 people did that, he could say to his wife, hey, we're going out for a nice dinner this weekend. And she'll say, why is that? And he'll say, well, the, uh, you know that website that I run that you don't really pay much attention to? Uh, they've taken care of me and they wanted me to take you out tonight. And, uh, and she'll feel fantastic. And Tim will feel fantastic. And uh, you'll feel fantastic if you just send Ab 10 bucks. Trust me, you'll feel good. Just give it a try. Just try it right now. Just go to fakeologist.com. Go to the little donate button. It's a two-click process. Very easy. Just put in 10 US dollars and, and you'll feel better because you've probably gotten, if you're like me, literally dozens of hours of entertainment from fakeologist.com. So $10 is, is nothing and you'll feel better. 
Just give it a try. But that's it from me. John LeBon, go to johnlebon.com. Lots of free material there and paid material as well if you can appreciate the difference between good quality and uh, mediocre quality. It's only for the cream of the crop, my stuff. But if you consider yourself one of them, go to johnlebon.com. And uh, until next time, you guys, take care of yourselves. And don't go anywhere near a Telstra store because they're full of blood. My name's Kelly and I'm from Scotland. And you are listening to the Well, wasn't that an enjoyable chat? I've said it before, I'll say it again. When Rolo's not being drunk or pretending to be drunk, which is my suspicion with him sometimes, he can be quite fun to talk to. And Dave J, yes, if if you're the kind of person who judges someone as either completely sane and logical and reasonable, or the opposite of that, if you see things through that binary, then there's no way you could possibly like somebody like Dave J because he does have one or two highly controversial opinions, even by my standards. However, if you can just weigh up what someone has to say and what somebody has to offer you and discuss with you, if you want to discuss it with them, and think about it, then I think you'll find that Dave J has many interesting things to share. And I, for one, feel quite fortunate that he's been around for the last four years to bounce ideas out there and let me think about them. And uh, like I said, don't agree with all he says, but it'll be a cold day in hell before you hear me try and say that, oh, someone has an opinion that I don't like, so they're completely crazy and I'm not going to take anything else I have to say seriously because of that one opinion. And that opinion is that some actor plays some other guy. I mean, I don't think that's happening, but we live in a crazy world, so anything's possible. And at the end of the day, there's much bigger things happening than... Dallas gold buggery, you know, war being fake, war being a hoax, that's a big deal. History being fake, history being a hoax, that is a big deal. And apart from myself, there are not many people talking about these things. And Dave J is one of the few who do. So I, for one, think that is a good thing, and I hope to see more of him at fakeologist.com. Now, if you enjoy these kinds of conversations, or if you enjoy conversations that involve people trying to be calm and measured and rational, and logical, and collegiate, and discussing a wide range of things, then I do have a little place I'd like to suggest that you check out when you get a chance, and that place is johnlebon.com, where every Sunday, Australia time, we get together and we chat about one topic or another. There's anywhere from three to seven or eight people on the call. We go around in roundtable fashion, give our thoughts, get into open discussion, and we cover, like I said, quite a range of topics and a schedule has just been released what is this april 12 so yesterday i released the schedule finally for the next 12 or 14 calls so we have these topics planned out ahead of time let me share with you some of the topics that are coming up over the next few weeks we're going to be discussing the weird and wacky on the upcoming call that'll include things like chemtrails which i'm very skeptical about but i'm open-minded i'm happy to hear what people have to say We'll be discussing films like Mulholland Drive, The 13th Floor, The Truman Show. I'm looking forward to each and every one of those. On Call 18, we'll be discussing money and banking. We'll also discuss a few books over the next few weeks. 1984 is a personal favorite of mine. The Sync Books, which talk all about synchro-mysticism and this concept that many simple people try to write off as mere coincidence. We'll talk about gematria and language on call number 26, and we'll also discuss some philosophical concepts on call number 32. We're scheduled to discuss 
existentialism, and, in inverted commas, death. So there's a wide range of topics. There'll be myself and several other people on every one of these calls discussing these topics. And you can be part of it as well. These are available to all members of johnthebond.com. So if you haven't already done so, go and check it out and see what is on offer there. And ask yourself, if you do enjoy this kind of material, why you are not already a member. Why? Treat yourself. Treat yourself to it. It's a few dollars a week, and you'll enjoy the call. You'll enjoy being part of it, listening back to it afterwards. The conversations that go on on the website before and after each call. And this is a way that we can test our ideas, test our thinking, consider new things, and hopefully improve as thinkers and as people. So that's it for today on the 12th of April 2018. Thanks once again to Ab for facilitating these calls on his website, fakeologist.com. I do recommend if you haven't already done so, go and check it out. Join their Discord server. Have a chat with the people there when they are behaving themselves. They're quite a pleasure to talk to. And lately, they've been behaving themselves a bit more often when I've been around. So that has been fantastic. But we'll wrap it up there. That is JLB Chats episode number five. And until next time, you guys, take care of yourselves.